to another exciting episode of the Church of Curtain Podcast. This is your host with the motherfucking most, T.J. Bowser, and joining me as always is my broadcasting partner, the Mid-South Maniac, Corey Kaufman. Well, hello, jerk-offs. How's it <laughs> going, everybody? Can you tell the maniac is sick today? <laughs> Not yet. I haven't sneezed through this awesome luchador mask yet. Yes, he is donning his old uh, ring name El Mustachio from his days in AAA wrestling in Japan. Not Japan. Mexico. Japan was after. Oh, anyway, Maniac. Maniac, how are you doing, buddy? <laughs> what are you doing, brother? Uh, well, I haven't taken any good drugs to hopefully knock this cold or whatever the hell it is out. It's not the coronavirus. I don't drink that stuff. So, no, I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, just, uh, what is it, Tuesday? It's Monday's stepchild. Okay, Tuesday. So, no, it's everything's going pretty good, man. Uh, God, man, there's been a lot going on. And um, just trying to catch up. We got projects. We got podcasts. We got uh, people needing artwork. Uh, I'm trying not to hide from anybody. Um, yeah, no, it's all going pretty well, man. Uh, solid week. Uh, it's February. No, it's not even February yet. But it down here in the, in the Mid-South, it feels uh, feels pretty good. It's like mid fifties, cloudy, rainy. Uh, feels like March. <laughs> it so, feels like March. <laughs> yeah, it's really odd. Um, but no, no, everything's been good, man. Uh, just trying to get back on top of things. How you doing? Good. Been a very busy, busy week with uh, doing a lot of pre production on different uh, films and stuff. Working on storyboards, outlining different production schedules, stuff like that. Trying to get things done. For my respective, I don't know, bosses, you would say? Sure. But other than that, just pumping out content, doing two live streams yesterday, doing Rabbit Hole and Gormora Podcast. Sweet. Uh, tomorrow, we will be releasing Wicked Wednesdays and Dubac Sports. And, of course, today, we are doing Jerk Lake Curtain. So, jerk, jerk Lake Curtain? Jerk Lake Curtain. You can replace the yeah. with Lay. Then you know lay. Lay. Okay. Yeah. I'll remember that. Chris Jericho made it official. And it, ma- and it makes it, like, fancy, then. Let me South Maniac. There okay, you go. Exactly. Yeah. You you literally just yeah. sounded like 30 times fancier right there. Uh, well, surprise. Le Maniac. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway, guys. So we got a banger of a match for you today. A fucking banger. Not a throwback. A banger modern. This happened back on May 12th, 2019. But Way back. It premiered this month because MLW takes forever to post anything so what match do we have for them today Corey? well it is part, I, mean, I don't even say it right it's the opera cup finals match it's uh, from mlw fusion number 93 93 brian pillman jr versus davy boy smith jr the new heart foundation yes part a lot of, of a lot of juniors Lots of juniors, lots of second generation superstars, lots of dynasty type stuff going on here, people. And you can definitely tell they are very true to their names. Both of them. It looked like it, yes. And they're both very, uh, how will we say, classic style wrestling. We're not. Yeah. There's not a lot of high spots and high impact and high velocity type shit like they are these days. No, and that's I know we're gonna get into it uh, on the discussion topics, but no, it, yeah, it was it was interesting to me. You picked this out. I had never heard either of these guys really, or or, or seen them participate, or even heard of this uh, 
federation this brand so it was it was interesting to watch so uh the cool thing about mlw is sidebar uh, it is ran by court bauer who came along in the business just as ecw was ending so a lot of mlw's crew are ecw uh leftovers TJ's favorite. So MLW mostly is ECW leftovers with some modern flair in there. Court was a huge fan of old uh, ECW type stuff in Philadelphia. And you'll, you'll be able to tell by this uh, events location, which is in the uh, the ballroom. New York. Yeah. What is what ballroom is that called again? I don't remember. It's in New York. Fuck. Well, the, the ballroom Wait. where they used to have a bunch of ECW matches. Melrose, Melrose Ballroom. Melrose Place. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Corey, discussion time. Yes, sir. Uh, number one was, was the, the interest's hype. What did you think did about you? them? Well, you know, this is something I wanted to bring up the other day. Every wrestling thing now, the, man, I don't know what it is. I am super, super bummed about what entrances are anymore. Um, especially if they're recent, because I've noticed on live shows, whether it was AEW or WWE or even this, I mean, just to throw it out there, they don't even do like packages anymore. They don't do highlight videos. I guess they fired those guys and they're like, now nah, we're going to cut the fat, whatever. So it's just like this, the person's name repeated over and over oh, and you're over talking and about over the and over trunk. and over and over. Yeah, I yeah. oh man, it bugs me because I'm like I used to look forward to that stuff. Yeah, I always wanted to make my own Titantron. Anyways, were the interests hype for the wrestlers? They probably were. I mean, this crowd, I think, with I don't know how used to the product they were. Yeah, it seems really but dead. it. Yeah, it it was just. You know, it was a little slow, but I mean, the, the wrestlers can, can look past it. It may be different live, but you know, as a televised or on, you know, as watching a video of this, it was okay. I mean, nothing, nothing grand about it. Um, you know, I, I think the, the crowd kind of knew who to expect, but, uh, pretty docile, but that's okay. I mean, this, you know, this match has it was a, almost uh, like a Japanese crowd. Well, and they say that a lot <laughs> in, in the match. And I kept thinking, I didn't know if that was like, tis. man, it's so quiet. Like all these awesome Japanese matches are. And I'm just like, well, sure. their, okay. their excuse yeah. for it being so quiet was that uh, it was such a big moment in history. Right. It felt like yeah. watching golf, though. You're right. You know, the crowd, it's like yeah. until the, the, the ball gets close to the hole, it's like, Okay, we're going to kind of cheer a little the bit. The crowd you know? reaction, which we'll talk about later, has no bearing yeah. on how well the match actually was. No. Correct. So, entrances were very nostalgic for me because you definitely got that old, these are their kids type feel. Sure. Especially with Pillman's music. Definitely uh, heart style. What the fuck, Corey? <laughs> Sorry. What I'm next to a window. I keep hearing cars slowly go by, and I bet they're looking at my face. Oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, I loved it. I love the entrances. Did the match have good flow? I think it did. It was one of those slower, uh, old, older style wrestling matches where it was uh, the punches really mattered, the hits really mattered, and it's just kind of about wearing down your opponent rather than uh, the high risk maneuver type style. 
Yeah, I started off super traditional, and at first I'm like, TJ, I'm going to turn this off. <laughs> Just kidding, you know, because I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. Yeah. Like, unless you watch, like, I'm talking, like, between the 40s and 70s stuff. But that was kind of neat. I think they did that on purpose. Um, yeah. So not very old school, a lot of, you know, positioning and test of strength kind of situations and uh, uh, pin attempts, backslides, uh, you know, pretty traditional stuff. And then it, sl- it was like a very, 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 my- to me to sum up this, this match is a slow burn. So it's kind of like uh, that weird salsa you get. You're like, this ain't hot at all. This ain't hot at all. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, tingling, <laughs> tingling. And it's like, okay, well, I'm out of milk, I guess. I'll just eat a loaf of bread because it kind of burns a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, it was a slow burn for me, but I thought it had good flow. And just It was a very slow buildup, a solid, like, what, 15, 16-minute match, something like that. So, um, yeah, it was. I'm, I'm glad I stuck around, you know. So wrestling is like eating a loaf of bread. After, yeah, after ingesting some really <laughs> kick-ass salsa, I guess. Life is like a box of chocolates and wrestling is like a loaf of bread. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so was the match believable? Uh, not really, because a lot of it was over the top because it was the older style type wrestling. But I will have to say, those, uh, I would not want to get smacked by Davy Boy. <laughs> No, and I don't want to give too much away until we hit that. What the fuck just happened? I I don't know. You disappeared and you came back. Wow, that's crazy. That that's really nuts. Okay. Anyway, moving on. Uh, (laughs) Technical difficulties over here. Jerk offs. Anyway, match believable. I think it was. Yes. It it was. It was. Believable for what it was. I mean, for what it is. I mean, it's not like, you know, there was like flying animals or anything crazy and torches or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, it was it was believable for a very classic style wrestling match. And I think for what this match was for the Opera Cup, I think they really wanted to kind of push that aspect of things to remind people where this originated from. So, And, yeah, I think that might have been like the, my biggest gripe was, you know, I said earlier, you know, it's kind of like over the top. I, you know, more so not so much the wrestling, but the uh, the commentary tried to make it a lot more than what it was. Yes. So it seemed over the top. Anyway, favorite moment of the match would have to be uh, Pillman's DDT. Favorite moment of the match had to be the leaping pile driver for me from Davy Boy. Okay. Because <laughs> that looked, I was like, oh, he, he jumped a little bit. It's not like you just fall to your knees and you're tombstoning. No, he. He gave a nice little jump in the air, and I'm like, "That's a that's a good plant right in the middle of the mat." There. You, you want you want to know why? It's my favorite moment because it's supposed to be fucking awesome, and it's not. Because <laughs> that that would believe it or not, that is Pillman's finisher. Well, that's what I was gonna. There ask, was no I, pop. I was waiting to yeah, I was waiting until we get there, and I was like, you know, finisher kind of. I'm like, I don't know, but it's my favorite <laughs> moment because it should be awesome by by every fucking word. It should be like for every reason, it should be awesome, but it's not. It's not fucking well, awesome. That's why I like the pile driver. Okay, shittiest moment of the match for me. I'd also have to say the fucking uh, DDT because I because <laughs> the, the one finisher attempt you get, you're like, yeah, Pillman. And then you're like, no, Pillman. <laughs> so my favorite <laughs> well, and worst part would have to be the fucking DDT. But no, but on a more serious note, uh, 
Shittiest moment of the match was definitely that. Shitty moments, shittiest moment of the match for me had to be uh, Pillman's springboard flying clothesline with his wrist instead of his whole arm. Yeah. <laughs> because I was kind of like, I was kind of like, well, you know, what the heck? Like, uh, and, and it's funny because they did a replay and I think the commentators are like, crap, well, we can't say that he got full connection with that. Um, they're like, well, his arm's kind of like spaghetti anyway. So he kind of caught him with the wrist, which actually is to the, to the, to the liking of Davy boy. So it didn't impact him as much for the one, two, three. Okay. My favorite, my new favorite moment of the match is what they call the spaghetti leg suplex. <laughs> Okay, I now. just remembered that now. <laughs> I heard that. Like, His legs are spaghetti. I'm like, what? It was, it was different. Yeah, it was. It was definitely uh, pretty funny. But no, that the the springboard uh, wrist clothesline. Um, yeah. to his temple. I guess uh, shittiest moment for me. Easily. You didn't like the the te- the. You didn't like the the knee to the temple that they tried to make be like the coolest fucking move ever. I should have I should have watched that twice that part I didn't I I, I caught it yeah I was off guard when I caught that so mm-hmm. so a finisher I, did, count I of, heard it so what three I don't know whose finishers are what I'd say we got a Pillman DDT right and then our is the Crippler Davy Davy Boy's finisher I don't know because every time they he was doing something they were excited whether it was the pile driver the power bomb the flying headbutt. Uh, the, the cross face. I, I couldn't tell. I was like, okay, he just out of nowhere just pulled out an arsenal of, you know, of, yeah. fi- of people's finishers. And I was like, I don't know which one's which. Cause they acted like, Oh, here comes the headbutt. I'm like, well, that must be something he regularly does. So that's what I was trying to think, you know, on what was, what his finisher was, but I would say at least one of each. Yeah. It but, doesn't have any uh, information on Wikipedia about what his finisher is, which is weird. Just a bunch of signature moves. Yeah. Variations of old heart foundation stuff. <laughs> sure. Anyway, anyway. Oh, the bulldog bomb. Jumping, sit down. Power bomb. Well, did, tiger wasn't, wasn't Davy Boy's original one just that like running power slam? I think. Because he did do that. And I was like, oh, that's probably a finisher like his dad. But whatever. Nope. It's a jumping, sit down, power bomb. No, he didn't do that then because the only power bomb he did was the jackknife. Yeah. So all we have is one. Un. Un. He's 6'6", 265 pounds. By yeah, he's, he's a big dude. He kind of looks like a guy that would be coaching a girls basketball team. Yeah, I feel like both of them could benefit a lot from conditioning. You know... Maybe losing yeah, like ten pounds. Yeah, I, it, it kind of looked to me like they're, ba- you know, and nothing against them. I don't know them. I'm just saying, like, it felt like they're you're banking more on the name. But if you're going to have that kind of a name, you better have the, especially Davy, the look to back it up. Just not not some blonde streaks or some, you know, Union Jack flags. You really I mean, need to. If you compare Davy Boy to his father, I mean, size wise, he's m- fucking massive. Well, he's probably doing it pretty clean, too, so that's probably yeah. not his jacket. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> These guys are probably a lot more, uh, let's say, realistic. Yeah, one of them's not taking steroids, the other one's not on cocaine, so. You're right. <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. So, I know. <laughs> was there any blood? No, it wasn't no. that type of match. Was there any match interference? No, it wasn't that no. type of match. 
Was the crowd fired up? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> it was cool because when they tried to get into it, they they tried. It, it just it was like you know you were that one guy that you're hoping if you chant, then it would just kind of escalate and it just kind of died off real fast. There was never really any like constant clapping motivational stuff going on again the commentator said okay well that's because it's a classic match it's a technically you have to wait until there's a a a dead or or whatever point in the match where you can congratulate them on what they offended or did or i don't know so but it was it was pretty uh low-key which is okay okay was the match outcome fair i would have to say yes absolutely I, for what it is, yes, because I liked honestly at the at, towards the end, I kept thinking, okay, well, Davey's gonna win it because you know the last person winning was you know his what grand or the gosh gr- grandfather, yes, Stu Hart, Stu. So I kept thinking, well, he'll win it. And I was like, well, maybe not. Maybe it's a passing of the torch and Pillman, you know. And so it was fair because it kind of let me contemplate it could go either way, and then it went the way it did. And I'm like, okay, that's fair. So whatever. You know, yes, so. I agree. So, what's our match rating for this bad boy? Because it's so it's different than the other matches we've done. It's out of five, right? Yeah. For what this match is... I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Damn it, TJ. I was going to give it a 3.2. How about a 3.1 and then you got a 3.5, which is a 3.3. Okay. 3.3 out of five. <laughs> I've seen worse. That's the jerk. For, for, for what it is. I mean, that's, that's a solid rating for something that's basic traditional, you know, but trying to do that kind of stuff, you know, modern times, it's a nice little throwback. So you got to kind of put, at least push it up above halfway. You got it. So, uh, what about dead people? Oh, shit. <laughs> Let's play this, uh, dead people heart foundation promo as part of our proback, throwback, throwback segment for the promos. <laughs> this is a year old. I've been trying to run this, uh, real life gimmick to be as crazy as Brian Pillman was. It's very hard, me. guys. Excuse me. Listen, oh, hey, That's oh, Teddy oh, Hart, wait, wait a minute. You got some balls. I got two minutes of TV hey, time to cut a promo. Let me just tell you something. You know when I talk to you about problems? You know when I talk to you about problems? First of all, Teddy, you're one of the most innovative guys in the history of professional wrestling. You know what, Teddy? People here, huh? Why do you care about us? What's this got to do with you? This is Brian Pillman's Jr. Okay, you can say Just focus 
protecting me. Protecting you. Listen, this guy's not a threat. You're hurt right now, but no more protection for you. You got to pick a side right now. Either hey, take, take, take. Get your hands off! Get your hands off of him! You don't touch me. Walk this guy outside before I knock his guy. Tito. That's what Kenny Hart's known for having the biggest balls in wrestling. Oh, Sullivan, yeah. maybe you're bad 20 years ago. This is 20 years ago. Melt that guy! Don't eat the shit out of him! Hey, he's too fat, please! Hey, split his head open! Get off me! You guys want to bring this guy down the stairs? You told him we're filming a promo! Kevin, I never said I liked you, boy. You could brainwash guys 20 years ago. Not in this world, my friend. Fans watch YouTube, they know effort. If guys like us, This is a warning. Next time it's gonna be a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> a lot worse. You lucky God's protecting you tonight, Kevin Sullivan. What the Help. fuck? Beat the fuck out of an old guy. Girl, that was pretty intense. Wow. That's the new Heart Foundation, everybody. <laughs> biggest guy, biggest guy in the room, though. Seemed like he didn't know what he was doing. Right? Davy Boy. He's like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you better tell something. I don't know, tell somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like yeah. this guy. Teddy, Teddy, we don't like this guy. We don't sound very intimidating with our intense Kevin Canadian Solomon, accent. leave him alone. He's almost dead. <laughs> Jesus. The Canadian accents get me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't talk about dead people. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so. This is going to be a shorter episode for you uh, jerk-offs out here. But, you know what time it is? Newsflash, sucker! Uh, okay, so this week we had a lot of crazy, crazy stuff. Impact Wrestling was pretty fucking boring. Uh, it needs to just go away. <laughs> they did something really cool with Tessa, <laughs> and then they're not doing it that well afterwards, so... Back to square one. Yeah, I don't think having all the other champions in the brand turn against her is the best way, but whatever, whatever. I am I'm not a booking guy, so anyway, could be. But something that was cool that happened this week was Jer Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part Deuce, the second wave. So let's say that again: Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea Part Deuce, second wave. Man, that's you know, just call it the Jarrett Cruz. I'm telling you right now. I just, I already said it. If he wants to use it, he's listening. Use it, Jarrett Cruz. I'd wear a shirt that says that, not 70 words on it. So, okay, Jarrett Cruz. So, was a professional wrestling and rock music theme Norwegian Pearl Cruise that sailed from January 20th to January 24th, hosted by Chris Jericho and Gabriel Iglesias. It was also mm -hmm. home. What to AEW's Bash at the Beach event, which featured the second night. Oh, the matches uh, were filmed the second night of the cruise. Nice. From All Elite Wrestling, we had Chris Jericho, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, The Young Bucks, John Moxley, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, Santina, and Ortiz, 
Puck, Adam Page, SCU, Riho, Ali, Britt Baker, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt, The Bad Boy, Joey, Janela, Nutella, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, Private Party, Darby Allen, his wife Priscilla Kelly, Justin Roberts, Cutie Marshall, and the bad boy, Kip Sabian. Special guests, Ric Flair, Gabriel Iglesias, Vicky Guerrero, Scott Hall, Sean Waltman, which Corey and I met, Booker T, Jake the Snake, DDP, Eric Bischoff, Conrad Thompson, Chavo Guerrero, Charmel, MVP, Lisa Marie, Veron, Shaw Guerrero, Ted Irvine, Red Cup, Jeff, and Jack Slade. We had a bunch of podcasts there. Uh, Talk is Jericho, Wrestling Observer, 83 Weeks, The Hall of Fame, Beyond the Darkness, X-Pac, and The Vicky Guerrero Show. And tons of bands featuring Fozzie, Light the Torch, Jared, Giants, Nichols, Kick, Axe, Farewell to Fear, Dark Sky Choir, The Killer Queens, Rubik's Cube, Dave's Bivac Project, and The Vaudettes. Awesome. Uh, did you watch Dynamite? I didn't get a chance to, but God, dude, that's a mouthful. Holy cow. Yeah, they had a lot of stuff going on, and it was uh, really I didn't realize they had that many guests there. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, they had a whole NWO theme thing. with uh, Mother, I'm going to have to go back and watch it. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, they had, a, well, not on Dynamite, but, like, if you look at pictures and stuff, they had, like, a whole NWO, like, night where they, like, had all the NWO, WCW people go up and talk. Well, I wasn't invited. I wasn't invited. Yeah, they had all those guys go up there. Jeez. I mean, they had Hall and Waltman, so. You can hear the music hit right now. You're just shaking your head slowly. Yeah, you know. It was really cool <laughs> seeing the matches outside, especially on a cruise ship. With but, the wind blowing? Yeah, you see a lot of wind. That was a majority of the stuff you saw. That was really the only thing that was really different than the normal show. So I just know that Jericho wasn't ready for all the sparkler stuff flying in his face. So he's like, oh, he announced the name for the third one. The Chris Jericho's rock and rock and rock and wrestling rager at C triple whammy. Rock and wrestling. Rock, rock and wrestling rager at C rock and wrestling. Yeah. Like the like like what Hogan did in WDF, like. In the 80s. Are you done? His album. He made an album. Rock and Wrestling. There's like a TV show cartoon. Besides that. Yes. <laughs> that happened. Also, uh, Colt Cabana was one of the commentators for the cruise. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's pretty fucking sweet. We need more Colt Cabana. Have you watched his uh, matches? <laughs> Shit. Are you okay? Uh, I'm sneezing. I told you it's hard to sneeze in this mask, bro. Um, no, I haven't yet. The guy is fucking incredible. One of the best talents out there, arguably. But anyway, anyway, uh AEW Dynamite this week was on the Jericho Cruise. We got to see some perpetuated of the storylines. Uh not much other than that. Some awesome matches. Oh, that's right. Kenny Omega and Hangman won the tag belts. How do you feel about that? Very happy about it, actually. I mean, do you think it's okay? I mean, considering they're both pretty good singles talents, you think having them on the tag circuit for a while is going to... 
I, I think it's eventually like, oh, just, I don't know what else to do with you. Let's just do this for a while. I think that's just it, this is just a way to segue into a feud with the Young Bucks and have some turmoil within the elite and then have them win the titles. Okay, then. There you go. There we go. And, of course, the first night at the Bash of the Beach was amazing, looked amazing, was a good time, and all of that. Uh, so, Corey, you want to talk about the Royal Rumble? Yeah, I watched it. Had it playing in the background. Uh, I watched the whole thing. It was all right. I mean, you know, some of those beginning matches, it just doesn't feel like it. I mean, I remember when pay-per-views used to feel like pay-per-views. Yeah. Um, watched it on the network, and it went pretty well. I mean, a lot of good discussion points, a few, you know, build-ups, uh, whatever. Um, some of the matches were all right. Uh, you know, I mean, the Rumble's matches for the women – and the guys, I, I really enjoyed them. Um, a lot of people were kind of mad about uh, the men's rumble because of how it started with, you know, Lesnar like eliminating 13 guys to tie the record, you know, and he was the first one in. So he was just throwing people out left and right. Um, Let's talk about how that know, bitch got eliminated, though. Who? Lesnar? Yeah. Well, it was interesting because I really, what made me mad is they had that one of those guys, I forgot his name already, the, the black guy from NXT, um, huge dude. Oh my God. <laughs> he came in and then Braun Strowman came in. Like all these guys are wrestling, but they got, you know, knocked out pretty easily because of they were trying to fight each other. But uh, Lesnar got uh, knocked out because he got low blowed and then Drew McIntyre just clotheslined his ass out of the ring. Um, and then to fast forward, you know, yeah, Drew ended up winning the whole thing, which is good because he's a heel. But obviously, this is perpetuating him into a, you know, he he turned from heel to face on Sunday night, like in in less than ten minutes. Um, it was cool to see the crowd transition. I think he's really good. What was weird was seeing a picture of him I posted the other day of what he looked like nine years ago, <laughs> <laughs> baby face, baby chested. And then now he's like some hairy man shot. And it's crazy. Like he's see, not he looks Rick like Rude. I can tell you that. It's crazy. But uh, <laughs> it was cool because there was, you know, there was a, a few good moments, you know, that they had a couple of nostalgic, you know, wrestlers come in. Uh, MVP was there. He wrestled. Uh, he came in. That was pretty cool. But the one that sold the night definitely was Edge. Uh, Adam Copeland you know coming me. back. Uh <laughs> Everybody marked out. I don't care who you are. You marked out. And at first you're thinking, oh, this is cute. He's going to come in, get eliminated, whatever. No, Spear City, huh? (laughs) Spear City. And then he lied. He was in, I think, the top four. So uh, it was fun to watch. The Um, Rated R Superstar is back, baby. uh, And he's going to be feuding with Randy Orton. So that's cool. Okay. Uh, Probably for Mania, uh, based on what happened at Raw. But, um, you know... Title wise, the everyone kind of. If, I feel like everyone kept their titles. I really didn't feel anyone's titles changed hands. I kind of was hoping Becky Lynch would drop, uh, um, her title, but did not. Uh, but and then also, you know, finding out that the uh, WWE actually wanted here's the original plan was this: Reigns was supposed to win the men's one, which I'm, you know, I think everyone's glad he didn't because it, we're tired of that. Royal Rumble gimmick when he gets in there, everyone boos him no matter what. You can come back from, you know, what he's came back from, you know, from his, you know, uh, medical issues and you'll boo him at the Rumble because you don't want him to win. You're tired of seeing him win that. Yeah. Um, but he was originally supposed to win and uh, they said, eh, no, 
And then, uh, gosh, man, I'm going to forget her name. Uh, Shayna Baszler. Ah, Am I saying that right? Yes. She was supposed to win. Uh, but again, they kind of changed course and then Charlotte ended up winning that one. So, um, it's interesting that they decided like, was it the best decisions? I, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm really digging the, the McIntyre thing because originally they wanted, uh, Reigns to win so he could face the Fiend, I'm sure, at WrestleMania. But that's something that, you know, it's going to happen anyway. So don't use the Royal Rumble as a storyline developer to make that happen. Figure out some of the way. Let Drew beat Brock at WrestleMania and win the title, and I think that's going to be great, and I think he deserves it. Um, just kind of sucks that, you know, Strowman never really got the stride to really hit that. Uh, but I guess they just felt like Drew was more deserving of it, so... Cool for Has him Drew there. been in the, in the WWE for a long time? I, I really don't watch their contents. So. At least at least nine or ten years, but I mean, it, his news, his latest version of his character is like, what, maybe two and a half years, I feel years like old? he was on the indies for a while. But yeah, I mean, he even did the NXT stuff. That, that picture I showed you, I mean, it's him and Edge facing off in a background segment from like nine or ten years ago, but the dude's like freshly shaven, looks like he's 17 years old, and now he's like... He's a scary looking dude. Like he, he's super jacked, super hairy, big beard, long black hair, like everybody else that you know apparently wrestles in the main events there. So you I know, need like, to grow my hair out, lose about twenty pounds, and let the chest hair just kind of hang out. Yeah, curl it. Okay, I'm okay with that. I can do all of that except the whole like hair on top of my head the situation. So oh, we can get a wig. It's a wig. <laughs> I'll just wear this. You just assume I have hair. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, something that I wanted to have a discussion with you about. Do you think, okay, you know who Nick Aldis is? Magnus from TNA. Yes. Uh, married to Mickey James. Yes. He recently had said something about having a... Uh, Thing where we take people like Marty Scroll, Cody Rhodes, and other promotions, big uh, main event guys, and have them almost have AEW versus NWA versus Ring of Honor, and have all these main event guys, their champions, face each other. Is Cody Rhodes versus Nick Aldis a main event that could compete with uh, WWE pay per views? Could Nick Aldis versus Chris Jericho be a main event? Is John Moxley versus Chris Jericho big enough to compete with WWE? Will AEW ever compete? But I guess biggest question is that I have is would it be beneficial for that for AEW to utilize the talent of other promotions such as NWA, Impact, and New Japan, or uh, what was the other one I was saying? Ring of Honor. If all of those guys got together, would that allow them to uh, dip into a talent pool that would allow them to uh, get higher ratings and more uh, buy numbers than, let's say, possibly? I'm just worried more about like the other wrestlers who are getting those opportunities and and you know how, you know how do you build on that? Is that something that's going to intertwine between uh, you know people and their TV contracts. It'd be as simple um, as Nick Aldis cutting a vignette and then them showing it on dynamite. Yeah. I just, you know, like, okay, let's say hypothetically Jericho 
loses to Moxley. Down the road, right. Cody Rhodes gets the title. Now, Cody Rhodes says, I've beaten everybody in this company. Who is there left? And then Nick Aldis pops up on the screen and is like, because there is nobody left in the, that company. But there is me. And yada, yada, yada. Or it puts in a position where we can start seeing title swaps from different uh, promotions being inside of AEW because we've already seen that with Kenny Omega's AAA title. Possibly. It just, you know, I think with some of these, it, example like AEW, I think they still need another year to to build up what they're trying to accomplish before they start spreading it around. Um, just to, I mean, I don't, that's a good question. I, I, I just think that possibly down the road, yes. I just think everyone needs to kind of solidify themselves and build up to that point. I still don't think there's some that are there yet to uh, promotions to, to do that yet with, with it being successful. Then it's going to look like, okay, well, if you can't, it's going to just look, I think on the outside, like, oh, the promotion's not doing good enough. So they have to kind of dip into all these pools. But I think a more build up to establish each promotion a little bit more to then uh, have those and kind of build the interest and hopefully it'll kind of trickle down, kind of a trickle down effect after it starts happening. Because, I mean, WWE is kind of doing it in a sense, you know, acting like NXT is its own promotion and whole, that whole bleed in, bleed out kind of thing. So I think there's a lot of opportunity to. I just think that some of these newer promotions have to kind of roll well, newer as in, you know, yeah, they've been on the a lot less televised stuff that they just need to kind of build up more for it and then let it happen. But I would do a solid buildup of at least a year before I start doing anything like that at this point. Okay. Fair enough. And uh, I, th- I think that's something that we could probably see in the future down the road for sure. AW. Well, uh, that's all I have. Is there anything else you want to talk about in this episode? Man, I don't know. Again, I'm still pissed off that I, I missed Titan Tron days. Like I really didn't realize till these live shows, dude, that I was like, I don't want to see the wrestler's name just going like for for twenty minutes while they come out. I want to see the highlight packages. I that I that was AEW doesn't have enough footage for theirs. That's their no. I I get that. Trust me, I get that. But at least there's a little bit there's a little bit more creative. But WB stripped theirs down completely. Like I have to go on YouTube now to watch that kind of shit to be like, oh, I remember this, you know, or it just because that was that. Basically, those were mini music videos. Yes. Not just like PowerPoint gift slides that are just that's what's that's what all these interests are now. They're not focused on that. I'm like, I am. Yeah. I don't care if you use all the power in the world. Like, I want to see a highlight video and be like, I remember that. I remember that. That's your finisher. I remember that. Like, I love that. Okay, Kenny Omega. Does he? He has an entire Titantron video. Awesome call. Not, an entire that, Titantron video. That's not what they played, though, at the Dynamite show I went to. They, it just kept saying the, the Omega started out with the cityscape and then went to like Omega and the emblem and just kept walking rotated. around New York City or Japan or wherever the fuck it is. Yeah, okay. Well, then, yeah, his is, his is okay. I can dig that. But that's kind of his personality. So I get that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'd say that's all, that's all we have for this episode of the Jerk the Curtain podcast. That's okay. We got plenty more to talk about. I don't know, man. I it, man, I have so much to do. I guess I'm going to take my son to Boy Scouts. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, 
No, I appreciate it, man. And, and thank you for bearing with me and, and everyone hearing my sneezes and coughs and drilling nose. You know, if only you could see my face, you'd be like, man, that guy's screwed up. But, um, but no, I appreciate it, man. I really do. And, uh, we're, we're eventually going to get back on like a super track, not just releasing an episode once every three weeks. Yes. Um, but that's mainly on me. TJ wants to make sure I'm around, uh, to make this happen. Uh, TJ is the master behind, behind all this. I'm just the extra voice. Um, whether I'm wearing a mask or not. So, but I mean, I appreciate it. I really do. And then, uh, there, there's so many different things going on in the wrestling world. Um, there's always gonna be something to talk about, you know, uh, Royal rumbles over, uh, for the WWE. So then that whole buildup of having their little BS pay-per-view that's in between Royal rumble and WrestleMania. What is it like fast lane or some crap like that? Yeah. Um, no one cares. Um, it's just an excuse. But uh, I don't know. It's 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 that. And then, of course, you know, I'm getting ready for Super Bowl weekend because my team's in it. Um, so hopefully that means I get invited on some sports show soon to talk about the 49ers and their uh, Super Bowl win. Yeah, you need but, to get on um, back sports. <laughs> <laughs> but, man, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for your patience. And uh, thank you, jerk offs. Uh, for hanging around and hopefully uh, everyone's still uh, checking us out and following us and uh, we're just keeping it going. So all is well. Absolutely. But thank you guys for joining us on another episode of the jerk, the curtain podcast, a rush of madness and mania. This is your host with Lemos TJ Bowser signing off. And this is your mid South mania guys. Enjoy your week signing off.